listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 470. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our look at the Amazon Prime video series, Outer Range. And uh, I should have said, uh, my name is Late Dave. <laughs> I don't need, yeah, I'm, just was getting ready to go out and do some hedge trimming, and I'm like, oh, crap. I was supposed <laughs> to record with Wayne at 11, so uh, uh, fortunately, you were able to avoid some gardening yourself yeah that's really the basic uh the, the point of of this whole thing is to avoid having to do gardening so. yeah so well i got some stonework on on my front porch that the guy's coming to do saturday so i've got to at least trim it so he can do the work but right that won't be too bad so. yeah well we're, we're having the you know graduation party for my oldest so um we can't let the what I, I like to call um, mid-Atlantic nature. Uh, that is our the, <laughs> our garden um, needs to be tamed a little bit. So, um, you know, I, I just I saw this thing on TV. It's like it, it looks sort of like a hoe with a sharp, really sharp blade, and they just like take it in there and they just start making sweeping motions and it just cuts everything i need to get one of those just cut everything down hmm. yeah afford me that if you see that that oh sounds like a tool that we could definitely use oh my god i used the weed whacker to do it but that's not quite as uh proficient but anyway enough of our well we weren't talking about uh, the weather or yeah, we sports weather, so right? uh yeah. but we could talk a lot about the orioles yes we could but uh we won't <laughs> Um, anyway, what are you watching this week? Um, so I just last night finished watching the third of, I went back and rewatched the, uh, Fantastic Beasts movies. Um, these are, you might not even really have heard of them. They're kind of like prequels to the Harry Potter movies. Um, though not including any really, well, except for, uh, Albus Dumbledore. Actually, there's a couple characters that appear in the, uh, Harry Potter books that are in the movies, but it takes place uh, probably like I can probably figure this out like 50, 60, 70 years around there before the first Harry Potter book. The first Harry Potter book takes place in like 1992, it takes place in first one, I think it was 27, was the first movie, so or maybe 37. I don't know. Anyway, a long time before. So we're not going to see Harry or Hermione or Ron or any of those characters, but we see some of the older characters uh, from there. Oh, and cool. uh, surprise appearance in the third movie is uh, one Oliver Masucci. Oh, okay. So appeared in that. So the, the third movie takes place mostly in Germany. Um, so, yeah. But he speaks you know English pretty much the whole time. Um, that's always what I think is kind of funny. We have a movie like that's in Germany, takes place in Germany, uh, you know, obviously Albert Masucci plays a German dude. He's addressing German people, but he's giving the speech in English. You know, it's like, all right, not a lot of realism here, but, uh, you know, whatever. So, um, so, so that was cool. Um, they're not as good as the Harry Potter movies. They're pretty good. They're enjoyable. I, I, I liked them. I, I hope I was reading up to see if there's going to be more of them, and apparently there's a bunch of issues. Obviously, they had to recast. Like, Johnny Depp was, one of the, like, the main bad guy, played Grindelwald, but, you know, 
um, he's been going through some things, so they recast that. Uh, actually, Mads Mikkelsen uh, is, was the recast in the, the role of Grindelwald. And now Ezra Miller, who has also been having uh, his issues with the uh, outside of, 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 the, of work, is also a main character. So if they went forward with another one, it seems likely that they would either kill him off or recast him as well. So, um, and uh, apparently the last one didn't do so great. It just actually was just released a couple months ago. Um, but, you know, no movies really, unless, you know, it's a Marvel movie, no movies are really doing super great right now anyway. So, you know, whether they have it or not. Next thing I'll talk about is the, uh, the, the season finale for The Boys, um, which, I've, you know, I, I've actually seen it out there, people saying that this season was the best season of The Boys so far. Um, I don't know if go that far, but it was pretty good. Uh, as I was saying, with Jensen Ackles there, uh, really added a lot to the, the show. Um, and, you know, there was some controversy. There was, you know, an interaction in the comic books between uh, Soldier Boy, which is Jensen Ackles' character, and Homelander that did not take place in the show. And, and some people may be critical of that they were, you know, afraid to go there with it. But if in the end, if you look at thematically, the way they decide to go with it works out pretty well thematically. Anyway, I mean, just really fabulous show. Funny, good, good all around acting, everything. Um, if you have the intestinal fortitude to withstand an, an episode of The Boys, uh, I would highly recommend it. So, well, I am still working my way through Manifest. Um, I think I got one or two episodes to go in season two, and it, it's recovered a little bit from you know the last time I, I talked about it. So I'm looking forward to how they're going to end season two. They they did get a season three, and then apparently there was some big cliffhanger there, and they got canceled. But uh, of course, Netflix picked it up, and they've got a 20 episode final season four um i'm watching the dutch show the adulterers i'm in season two and and you know fred has a comment about that in his feedback i'll, I'll get to that uh, later and it, 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 for me it's really gone off the rails unfortunately my wife is still really digging it and <laughs> it, it's just Therefore, the you need to dig it. I understand that. It's just gotten to the point where it's preposterous. And I, I, right. I told her, I said, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I'll sit here with you, but I'm going to look at my laptop because, you know, it, it, it just defies belief what they're doing. Now, of course, she came back. Well, you're okay with time travel and, you know, and, and <laughs> vampires. And I said, okay, but. My point there would be, okay, fine, we accept time travel. Now, knowing that, do the characters act in ways that is believable? Right, or consistent with the, you know, we always talk about, the, you know, each show has to establish their own rules of time travel, and then they have to obey those rules. Well, right, but it's also just the personal decisions and actions that the character makes. I mean, we could talk about Royal in... Uh, out of range and and given that there's this hole that you know defies the laws of physics apparently are his actions consistent with what we would believe his character would do and i think for for the most part yeah we would say yes so far 
so good. Do people make bad decisions? Of course they do. But often. Right. But in the adulterers, it's just gotten to the point where I, I don't even know what to do anymore. But uh, um, I don't know if I've mentioned the HBO Max series Irma Vep. I, I think okay. I did once before. It stars Alicia Vikander. Um, and it's basically the, this film is being made that is a remake of a 1915 film. And it, it's sort of like a crime story with good guys, bad guys. And, and Alicia Vikander uh, plays the main character. And, and she's, you know, sort of this this thief who wears this black cat suit and, and just kind of slinks around at night. But it, it really is good. It, it's, it's, I mean, it is comedic to a large extent. And, you know, the different, um, I guess, plot points that they cover, you know, they go back and forth between actually making the movie and looking at, uh, you know, what you know, their, their version of the 1915 version. Um, it also stars, and I, I should have written down the actor's name, but do you remember in Babylon, Berlin, Mm-hmm. The dude, you know, his mother was really rich. He has like this bald spot in the back of his head. Um, and, you know, she kind of controls all the business, you know, in Berlin at that point. And he's kind of, you know, I mean, he's old enough that he, he thinks he should be in charge, but he's not. And, you know, I'm not sure if I'm giving you a good enough description. I kind of remember that character, yeah. But but uh, he's here. And, you know, again, you talk about speaking English. Um, he speaks you know, perfect English through a lot of this, because even though this uh, takes place in France and and a lot of it uh, is in French with subtitles, again, so many of the Europeans speak English. And because uh, Alicia Vikander's character is, I think she's supposed to be American actually in, in this. So she speaks English all the time, but anyway, it's pretty cool. So um, keeping up with that. Anyway, all right, well, let's get to Outer Range, episode five of season one, titled The Soil, written by Dominic Orlanda and Nalidi Jackson, directed by Amy Simitz. It was released on April 29th, 2022. So kind of a short episode, but there's a lot in it. And and I think for me, the most important thing we learn here is the genesis of Royal and Wayne's relationship and their knowledge of the void. And I think we have to assume that scene where they're, you know, young boys, that that is Royal climbing out of the hole. And my question is, do they remember this encounter from their childhood? It would seem like Wayne does, but Royal maybe not so much. But Royal is so, like, he doesn't let on what he knows and what he doesn't know. So, you know. It's likely he does too. Right. And, and I mean, I guess when you go back to that episode one, when he f- finds the hole and we assume he's finding it for the first time, well, it clearly doesn't appear that way anymore. And the fact that we know he apparently just showed up at the Abbott Ranch as a nine year old and they took him in. And now in this episode, we see him climbing out of the hole with you know we've talked about what what that black stuff is whether it's 
coal dust. Um, was it you or Fred that said that? I know I can't remember. Um, I think it might have been you. I don't right. know. Yeah, I think I did. I well, when he was yeah, the the little thing that he had found at uh, the place where Trev's body was found, right? Yeah. So I thought it could potentially, but I had no idea. I was just now now again, you didn't you know challenge me yet about whether or not that is royal climbing out of the hole as a nine-year-old you know part of it is that i was like i'm that whole scene i think i don't know i I think part of it is just my tv is so dark like i couldn't really see what was going on oh okay so i'm just kind of relying on your because i watched it twice and i didn't really catch what was happening there so if there's a kid crawling out of it, out of the hole, I would say that that is, you know, most likely royal. Well, I mean, that's that's the opening scene. And, you know, we, we get a quick replay of Wayne knocking royal out and then driving away from the void. And, and you know, he returns home. He's screaming for his family. I found it. And then he drops to the ground. Right. I assume he suffered a stroke or, or something like that. Yeah. Well, he was already. Well, yeah. They actually they, they literally later say because when the uh, the women come with the casseroles, they say we're sorry to hear about Wayne's stroke. Oh, you're right, right, right. And he's clutching the rock in his hand as he uh, falls to the ground, and then we get that flashback to the scene from his childhood where he's kneeling next to the void and, and watches, I assumed it was young Royal crawl out covered in black soot. And then that's all we see. He's taken away in an ambulance and I guess we're left to make that connection because obviously they've lived next to each other, you know, virtually all their lives. And I, I think he says to Patty a couple episodes ago, or whenever she showed up, you know, about right. him, about him being sneaky and and uh, doesn't trust him, and 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 again, what's his obsession with the West Patch uh, pasture? And, and Patty calls it uh, I forget what she calls it, but you know, calls him crazy for, for certainly for for being that way. But then uh, uh, you know, when we get to the point where she's conferring with luke and she's like all right he may be crazy but he could be on to something you better get that west pasture so right yeah know. again she doesn't know why and like you're right she and luke were both convinced that he was out of his mind going after but now she's now she's trying to get luke to kind of step up and be more like wayne right to be more of a I guess an a-hole, basically. Yeah. Um, and part of it is, like, all right, your dad might have been crazy or he might have been on to something, so we need to get that that land. Yeah, I mean, you know, to a certain extent, he, he is the dreamer in, in this show. And obviously, people that are dreamers are often perceived to be not quite right because, you know, the things that they believe could come true or believe that could, could actually exist it's are seemingly impossible given you know what what we perceive to be reality so right. I, you know whether that's what drove patty away remains to be seen i would say maybe although she's a piece of work herself so. right right 
Yeah, actually, as you were, I was, I just kind of just went back and watched one scene. Now I see it. Now that definitely a kid crawls out of the hole. Uh, he's got black all over him. He touches Wayne's foot, and Wayne, well, we assume to be Wayne, and Wayne collapses. So yeah, this is definitely. Well, it seems like definitely the the genesis, the origin. And actually, I might grade the entire episode differently now that. That, that I see what's happening in that scene. Okay. Uh, I'm afraid to even ask, but just so don't tell me. Well, uh, it, it wasn't a bad grade at the first, but I, oh, might, okay. I might upgrade it, you know, a, a, a tick. Okay. Um, and then, again, we go back to that question, what do they remember from this encounter? Because it, it just seems impossible that living next to each other, they never discussed it growing up and I, so you know you go talk about the the believability aspect that i was right. criticizing my yeah, right. the show my wife and See, i now watch. you've established that you gotta watch yourself i know well she she never listens to this right so. <laughs> um yeah well i mean we saw with with autumn that autumn you know again like royal did she crawl out of this hole because you know she doesn't really not that she doesn't know who she is or anything but she said she couldn't remember anything before she was like nine until she got to you know the abbott place so wow um, dude i never even thought that that you know because we see her walk up to the ranch with a backpack it never even occurred to me but it it seems too much of a coincidence to not be a very real possibility. Right, right. Wow. So, so yeah, so it could be just that. And plus, I mean, think about what do you actually remember from your childhood, right? Like, especially when you were really young. Sure. You know, like, there's very little, you know, and, and the stuff that you do remember, you know, you can't remember with accuracy, right? Like, it's there's certainly a, a ton of doubt. But this is just one thing, like, there was this incident from when I was a kid um, and a turtle, and uh, I had it in my head, you know, I was with a bunch of my friends throwing rocks at this turtle, and we heard it, and when I told my mom about it much later, she's like, no, there were other boys who were throwing it, you came in crying because they were doing it, you made me go out and stop them, and I'm like, all right, wow, that's completely the opposite way, I actually feel a little bit better about myself now, uh, That, but, but you know, so it's like, memory is such a inconsistent unreliable thing you know well yeah but i guess you know that was a really meaningful incident in your childhood and and so i understand that you remember it and and granted like you said maybe some of the details are you know maybe not quite right but i would suspect the major ones are and and it's funny you say that because my something from my childhood of around the age of eight or so has just stuck with me and it's like we were in a little above ground swimming pool, you know, one of these two or three feet high things. And we wouldn't let the girls come in the pool and they were throwing rocks at us and nobody got hit. I picked up one and chucked it. And I was known for having a strong, but inaccurate throwing arm. Uh-huh. Well, here's the one time I hit yeah. what I was aiming for, hit her in the forehead, you know, I don't know how many stitches later, but, but, you know, I mean, I remember that. So again, not to belabor the point about the void and the two young boys, something must've happened in Royal's life that caused him to block out that incident 
So let's just go ahead and leave it there. We could keep going right. on and on we, about we could, this. We could. That's a big part, yeah. Um, <laughs> so Royal recovers after getting zonked by Wayne, and he sees Trevor, who's alive but <laughs> clearly dead, um, telling him, time's a motherfucker. Yeah. And, you know, what that exactly means, we don't know, but we, we kind of get a sense of, you know, being able to interpret it in, in so many ways. So whether that's Autumn is Amy, as I contend, coming through the void from who knows where. I mean, we know adult Autumn exists in the other place, you know, the other time or whatever that right. is, mm-hmm. you know, two years in the future. You, you right. Know, I guess we would have to. Uh, well, now it's not even two but, years uh, in the future because if we're seeing Royal's death, then right. that's the near future, right? It's not well, even I'm, two I'm, years down the line. Well, I'm just going by Cecilia saying, you know, you've been dead for two years. Right. Okay. But I, I, but at the end, when we see her at the end, she's in her yellow and everything. Oh, right, right, but right. That's oh, not oh, two years down the line. That's, you know, whenever Royal dies, which we assume is is imminent. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, you know, and not really related to time per se and, and the void, you know, that scene where Perry apologizes to Rhett about what he told Joy. And I, and you know what? I mean, I know they're brothers. I know they're close. But on, on the one hand, I, I kind of love Rhett's response that I was dumb enough to help you in the first place. Yeah. And he's not wrong. I, He's not wrong, and and you know I'm not sure what his options would have been. You know when he decks the guy, and then just goes you know back in. I, I, in retrospect, well, he should have known that Perry was going to beat the crap out of the guy. It, well, why should well, why, he know why that? would he know that? Right, right, right. Yeah. right. You know, uh, and honestly, Trev probably if he keeps his mouth shut, probably makes it out of that alive as well. But he has to, you know, talk shit about uh, Rebecca and and. That's what causes Perry to lose his mind. Right. Now, we talked about guns. I don't know if it was last episode or, or one before it, but Cecilia hears something in the house, grabs a gun, goes to investigate, and it's finds just like Autumn. right there in her pantry. Just like grabs a handgun, loaded, not locked up or anything. Right. And, and, and I guess- got a kid in the house. For yeah. Time. And, and, and <laughs> I, but- yeah. And you wonder whether because of the way Amy's been raised- you know, on this ranch, whether they're fine with that, that, that she knows enough about the dangers of a handgun and, and, but still she's, yeah, we could, yeah, we definitely get into this like for a long time, but, right. but, but yes, it is certainly a, probably a reflection of, of rural America, right. That, uh, you know, she has a loaded gun handy unlocked, right. That she can access very quickly. Right. So. But the scene's really about the necklace that Royal won from her. And Cecilia's like, you lost, he won. You know, poker is a black and white item. There's there's no gray area. You either win or you lose. So you lost, get the hell out of my house. And Autumn says, something's already happening. I need my necklace. So I, I don't know why she needs the necklace does it allow her to do something i mean we know it you don't need it to go back in the void yeah I mean, you can travel both ways without a necklace 
So I I don't know why that's so significant to her. I mean, I mean, I understand, but you know, well, a if it was so significant to her, she shouldn't have bet it. She just got greedy, right? And C, I don't know why I started on B there, but she she says to to um, to Cecilia, you know, that's such a binary way of looking at it. And she's right because while yes, in poker you win or you lose, there's no gray area. But you know, there's maybe a moral gray area here because Royal cheated, right? Of course, to, to win it, and not that Autumn knows it, but he did. So it's you know, there there's that aspect of it too. Now, one thing that I, I never really thought of until just now, we know Roy, uh, Autumn cleaned out all the men she was playing against. Is it possible that she cheated? She has a flush, as you pointed out last time. Mm-hmm. And, but I mean, we don't see any indication, but you know, she's on a big winning streak and not that winning streaks don't happen in, you know, poker or, or any other means of gambling. But like you said, she was willing to put that up. She was pretty confident she was going to win. So if it was that important to you, now you could say, well, he put up the West Pasture, but he did it knowing he was going to cheat. Now, he also needed to have a good enough hand that that final card was going to make the difference. But anyway, that's a story for another day. You know, as long as we're talking about Cecilia, that scene with the bear cub, I don't know what to make of it. Nor do I. Now... She digs a hole, ostensibly to bury it, but then right. she has second thoughts, I'm not sure why, and drags it to that shed that's, you know, I guess a, a, a bit away from the main house. For what reason? I, I, I have no clue. The only thing I can come up with is that is there some sort of a connection that we're supposed to make between the void and this hole she digs? I can't imagine what it could be. But I, I don't either. This is really probably the most perplexing for me scene in this episode. Why would she go to the trouble of digging this hole and then once it's dug, change your mind and then drag it and take it and leave it in the shed where after a couple of days, that's not going to be a good thing. Yeah, I just don't know what what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, we've got certainly a lot of animal imagery in the series but for the most part it's the buffalo and while i think we've seen a bear in in some scene although now i can't remember yeah so I, i guess we'll just have to wait and see if that becomes meaningful later on now we remember royal steals that business card uh a couple episodes ago when he's at wayne's and he goes to see that professor at the University of Wyoming, and, he, and he's, you know, wants to know about the the stone in Autumn's necklace. And did you get a sense that 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 professor really understood what was in there, but was trying to play it cool? Well, if you leave it with me, right, I, I can run some tests. Yeah, well, I mean, there's definitely some suspicion in there as he sees her in a picture with the. Uh, that logo that he saw when he jumped to what, again, we'll say is the future here. Right. Um, so that definitely casts a degree of suspicion upon her. Um, her, well, you know, it's just like this necklace, 
for Royal, he's, you know, totally gone golem on this thing, man, you know? Like, he can't give it up. Even handing it to her just to let her look at it, he could barely let it out of his fingers. See, that, that I, I love that you said that because it would have been perfect, you know, interaction between uh, Autumn and Royal uh, if he would say something like, well, what's so precious about it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally. I, I want him to call it my precious, but of course he can't now because he crushed it. Right. So, yeah. yeah, like you said, he he sees that photo on the wall with the BY9 logo, and then he's in the library getting somebody to help him do an internet search, which, mm-hmm. d- dude, really, you're not that old, you know? Yeah, right. Now, granted, they're in rural America, but, you know, they can have the internet as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, the internet is there for sure. So he gets a contact number. It's apparently a mining company, but, you know, mining for what? So, you know, we don't know, but we get some more information at least. Right. And, you know, we talked last time about Macbeth. Well, here again, you know, this Macbeth, maybe even Oedipus thing, Anakin Skywalker, where you are bringing about your own fate here, you know, like is – by going in to visit this lady, is he creating more interest in this rock that he has, the necklace that he has, the, the geology of his land that ends up in, again, what we are assuming is the future, where they no longer have the land. You know, that's the other piece of information Cecilia tells him, you know, that we keep the land. She's like, no. You know, it, does that happen because of the ball royal is – getting rolling here yeah and if they don't own the land anymore should we assume that they have a lot of money now because that land is valuable we know that autumn apparently has some sort of a trust fund and money doesn't seem to be an issue with her so you know we've got that um you know we talked about cecilia and the bear but but you know that scene starts with the you mentioned the women of the the town going over to the tillersons and you know taking you know food but had to be casseroles like fred asked about that it's like i'm pretty sure that that's the tradition in america is to make some kind of meat casserole and to as to give to the uh bereaving family oh and i love patty's you know, really her, her greeting when she asks Cecilia, if everyone in your family is alive and kicking, you remind me here, you and your casserole friends, what the Bible says about killing. <laughs> yeah. And when she said that, I just wanted to say, um, it says don't. Right. You know, that'd been like a great comeback, but, uh, she's, she's mortified. You know, like she knows the minute they'd say, oh, we're going to go to, you know, Give some food to Patricia. You know, she's like, ah. Right. And I think you know, hovering over her is this crisis of faith that she's having. Right. And we know how meaningful it is to her. So when she goes home and nearly sets the house on fire, we're not really that surprised because she's become so preoccupied. And, of course, that's when she opens the window to let the smoke out and sees the the young bear cub uh, dead outside. So, uh, you know, at, at some point, you, you know, we've talked about the the fact that Royal has shut her out. 
who knows what she would do with the information should she get it. So, right, you know, and, and then it's kind of a perfect transition to Billy sitting on the bed with his father who seems awake but unresponsive. And then we get a flashback to a scene, uh, you know, not from his childhood. He's still an adult, you know, the way we have seen him and he asks his father what happens to animal souls when they die and you know we've seen how wayne has this connection with the animals that he's killed which is kind of macabre in, in and of itself right i think the earth swallows them up and sometimes spits them back out so earlier in the discussion when we talked about well how could those two young boys not remember the void and and like we said it seems as if wayne does remember it just hasn't been open for decades i i would guess so has he been waiting all of this time i mean again he can't constantly go out and check but you know if the void popped up somewhere on either of their land yeah, I think there's a fair possibility he would have known about it, but we yeah. will see. Well, but he seemed, you know, if we go back to episode one, it seems like he has some, you know, he's staring at the buffalo and he has, it seems like he has some kind of awareness of, I can't remember the line he says, but it's like, you know, shows that he understands that something has happened, you know. Yeah, and and it was a little weird that, you know, that that whole little exchange between, father and son about vengeance and you know billy asks well if if you know somebody killed you would you want us oh yeah yeah so right. well and you know and billy is still like a character that we look at it's like i'm trying to kind of get a handle on him um yeah he, he seems like he's pretty childlike and simple i think you know it's not necessarily a childlike thing to wonder what happens to animals when they die but that's the thing kids wonder you know and like i guess maybe adults don't ponder that quite so much you know he says would you want us to get vengeance and wayne says yeah you know we don't see like you you think they, the the camera would cut to billy and he gets like this steel-eyed kind of look on his face but really he's just kind of like all right you yeah, know right and, and we know luke it certainly is of that mindset. I mean, does he want vengeance or does he just want somebody to be accountable? Yeah, or justice, right? Right, right, right. And, and that's why even like Patricia, where again, like sometimes she's very abrasive and hard to take. But on the other hand, we said this before, like this is a mother whose son has died and she wants justice for her son, you know? So, you know, obviously if if that were me, I wouldn't be greeting Cecilia Abbott with smiles and hugs, you know? No, no. The, and, you know, the other thing, though, about that that scene, um, it, it seems like Patty has come to the realization that Billy may know more than he's let on. That while Luke seems to be the serious one, the smart one, and like, as, as you said, Billy comes across all, almost as the fool, but very often the fool is not really as foolish as we the wise fool exactly right? as we've come to to know and that's like that scene we mentioned earlier she suggests getting that land okay so maybe your your father's not as crazy as we've we've thought so 
maybe my favorite scene in the whole episode. I mean, the scene with, with young Royal crawling out of the hole is, is certainly to me the most significant but Perry goes into town for a beer and finds Autumn sitting on that bench. Oh, um, I thought you were going to say when Billy sings, every rose has its oh thorn. Oh, my God, no. no. <laughs> I, you know, and that song's okay. It's not terrible. Uh, but, yeah, even know. in the 80s, it wasn't a big fan. Yeah, of that song. I know. But uh, she's there hoping to run into Royal. <laughs> thought I'd get in a quick mindfulness session. Right. And uh, he asks her if she wants to go to a place that's – kind of different and we're we're thinking like okay (laughs) um not sure where he's planning to take her but dude this was not what i expected no he says you might like it i i I didn't know there was a thing as cowboy metal there's so much in that scene i i didn't realize was a thing i mean dude i I love that kind of music so um But, you know, we're not used to seeing a bunch of guys with huge belt buckles and cowboy hats. Playing it. Slam dancing, <laughs> right, or playing it, right? Like, yeah. So that's, that's why, hey, it takes all types of populated world, and, and that's awesome. Right. I think that's great. But it, it's so, like, against stereotype. That's awesome they put it in there. Yeah. And for me, with, with you know, my crazy theory, I'm looking at Perry dancing drinking with his daughter she's having a great time i'm thinking like no 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 do not yeah well I, you know, that's the part i was thinking about that because we would naturally think in this case you're absolutely right we would think oh there's going to be a hookup happening here but i don't even think i even suspect like i'm like there's no way because autumn is just such not like i mean she's a a a the actress is a beautiful woman and everything, but she's not like a, a, a romantic object in here, right? Right. At all. Right. And and I think to a certain extent, Perry is still so in love with his wife and the, right. her disappearance has, has so crushed his spirit that, I mean, look, if she came on to him really aggressively, would he go with the flow well he's a guy come on yeah, <laughs> so probably. probably but uh like you said that that doesn't happen and and for my theory to hold true i'm so glad and, and then we see Rhett in contrast at the well, town on, before we go leave ahead. this because there's another important thing here okay we find out that perry went to college oh right right you know and rebecca he and his wife and his wife was from california and that so and that they are you know, they disagreed on staying in Wyoming, which you get, right? Yeah, like she's you see, California. Because, yeah. And like, I'm not saying that educated people can't be ranchers, obviously. That's, that's ridiculous for me to say that. But we would think that someone like Perry, once you go away to college, tends to be, you know, maybe that means I want to do something different. He doesn't, I don't think he needs to go to college to run his, his family's ranch, right? So... You know, like the the fact that he did go to university suggests that maybe he, at some point, wanted more for his life. Um, and again, not saying that that life is bad or wrong, but that seems to be an indicator that he wanted to do something different. Right. And, and he didn't. He ends up back with it, moving his family, living in his parents' house with his family, working for his dad. 
you know, what's what's all that about, I guess? What is that, you know, what does that show us about Perry? Well, right, and we don't really know what he studied at the University of Wyoming. I mean, certainly technological advances in farming and ranching I, I think you'd have to move with the times if you were going to be successful, which is something we've talked about. You know, why are the Tillersons so successful compared to the Abbots? So, you know, maybe that's what he was studying, but we don't really know. But we get the idea that Rebecca didn't come from California to Wyoming to study agriculture or, or whatever. So, yeah. Or to be living with her husband's parents. Right, right. Yeah. But, you know, then they cut to that scene at the local bar, Rhett's drinking alone, spots Maria, and then next thing you know, well, at least somebody's going to have sex in this episode. <laughs> um, fortunately, it's them and not. Back to Autumn and Perry, now they're outside and, and really just kind of decompressing, you know, not so much from being in the bar with the with the cowboy metal music, but just really everything else that's going on in their lives and she opens up about her family always thinking her strange or defective and he says well my family thinks that about me as well so we don't really know who her family is (laughs) did she get adopted by somebody i mean is cecilia her mother no it can't be because she would recognize her We, we talked about that you know that oh well people would recognize Rebecca. So, of course, she's not Rebecca. Yeah, I mean, there is definitely something very significant about Autumn's family. Yeah. And the fact that they've revealed very little about that, that her family even emphasizes how, you know, significant it's likely to be. And, you know, I like the, we've got kind of two theories going about her. One, that she is somehow, um, uh, a royal sister that has been, you know, transported to the future somehow, or that it's Amy from the future now in in the past. Uh, both, of, I think, both of those theories right now still have. Uh, I think they're both still in play, you know, and uh, it's likely to me. It seems like the the two most likely things to be Autumn's origins. Right. And then she asks, well, how did you, how did you meet my mother? No. She says, how did you meet your wife? <laughs> um, and that's when we, you know, get the story about California. And, and of course, uh, she should have said, did you know, were you there when Josh Allen was there? Yeah. <laughs> is what she should have asked. Nice, right. Nice. Um, but, but Perry really, now he's, he's back to, you know, that incident that, that he relays to her. And, and, you know, it's really fascinating because, you know, on the one hand, nobody wants her on their land. And yet here he is opening up about the most personal thing in his life. The last night I saw her, we argued, you know, and of course it's the not knowing that torments him. Maybe she was just fed up. Maybe I'll never know. And then Autumn implies, well, it's possible to know what happened even without knowing exactly what happened. What if it's bigger than you, bigger than all of us? So, again, knowing what we know about the void, I think we go back to, well, what's reasonable? Is it reasonable to think that Rebecca would wander out to the West Pasture in the middle of the night and fall in the void. Well, I mean, I guess if she had a fight with her husband, she had to walk somewhere. But right. 
I'm not sure I'm ready to go there, but what else? Well, it seems like everyone else has been driving out to the West Pasture. So why not her? (laughs) But, but like, you know, like if she were just going to wander to blow off steam, would she walk that far? You know, maybe, I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, but again, there's just so much, I guess it's one of my kind of, like, I don't want to say frustrations, but one thing I'm not necessarily digging about this show is that they're really not answering questions for us. You know, they're just, there's all these mysteries and they're not really, they're giving us very, very tiny pieces of reveals here that really don't reveal very much. Yeah. So either they're going to give answers fast and furiously in the last three episodes, or they're pretty certain they're getting a season two. And, you know, we've talked about that. There's no indication that season two has been greenlit yet, but the final scene, you know, Royals back at home, he's been away all day. Does he go and say, Hey, Cece, I'm home. Uh, no. Nope. Goes right for the uh, barn, puts autumn stone in the vice and crushes it. Well, tellingly, she's trying to read the Bible. Right. And, and can't. She can't, right? And that's what she said last episode, I believe, where basically she's having trouble praying because of all this stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. So we see this really struggling, like these events in her personal life are really, you know, leading to a, a struggle, you know, with her faith as well. Yeah. So, so what do you make of the final scene when he crushes it and, and we see what's inside is apparently that black powder, just like that incident when he first goes to the hole and, and, you know, he loses two hours here. It seems as if he sees himself lying on the ground with Cecilia at his side. Has he had a stroke? He seems to be dead. Is, is this his death? And, you know, how far into the future has he seen at this point? Right, right. And, you know, like, Autumn is there. Right. And Autumn can see him. And she's in the yellow jumpsuit. Yeah. And she's wearing a different necklace. Well, yeah, obviously. Right, yeah. right, with with a different stone. So, right. uh, you know, has he just witnessed his own death? And, and that's what we're left with. And, yeah, pretty pretty intense. So Yeah, and, and again, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, a, a, a scene like that you think would answer some questions but really it just increases the number of questions right like because that scene doesn't really tell us or what well, we knew because cecilia told him that he'd been dead for two years so we're kind of anticipating his death but yeah the the yellow uh the new necklace the fact that um you know cecilia kind of looks up at autumn and she's holding royal but she looks up at autumn not in a way like you just freaking killed my husband but I don't even know how to describe the look she has in her face, but it's not one of accusation, that's for sure. Well, because it's her granddaughter. Right. <laughs> or her sister-in-law. Right. All right, anything else before we get to the feedback? Um, well, there was just that, that scene where she's in the Bible study group. I think the probably the best camera shot of this episode was that kind of worm's eye view as all the women huddle around Cece, Cecilia, I'm sorry. And, um, you know, we get that camera shot from below up and you just see them crowding around her and like this idea of, of the 
emphasizing this idea of, of, of her struggle with her faith and everything. Um, I actually just finished reading this book called Educated by Tara Westover, which she talks about being raised by a very, very strict Mormon family. And so, you know, after reading that, especially to hear people talking about what they believe God's judgment is and everything, it's very difficult to track because that's kind of like her father in that book was always um, coming up with crazy things and always saying it was God's judgment and everything. So that's just funny that this so happened to be me watching this scene after having just finished that book. So, yeah. And, and I mean, look, she's struggling with her own faith and, and you know, how God's going to judge her. And, and of course she's carrying the weight of knowing or, or wondering how God's going to judge her family for this same incident. And you know, it's a pretty heavy weight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, well, one thing we, 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 we didn't talk about, but we definitely should. Um, Joy kind of coming to this resolution that they did it, right? Like right. she's just, she's been, you know, kind of trapped in uncertainty. She talks to Hector and Hector tells her, which kind of goes against her narrative. Her narrative is, is Rhett did it, right? Yeah, sure. But Hector says, no, it was Perry. So now she's like, so whereas before she was, questioning herself all the time now she's kind of like resolved that the abbots had something to do with trev's death and that she wants the macaroni salad <laughs> yes yes and, and i like her methodical approach i don't know that we would necessarily get from an urban detective right and you know the urban detective might not get what he or she is really after with that approach. So, uh, yeah, I like that about her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she does a, a great job of, of detecting and, but, but again, how is she going to make a case here? You know, like it's, yeah, that she, she feels she knows the truth, but how, how would she be able to, to prove that, you know, and that's probably what you know, I guess we're going to see in the next three episodes. All right. You ready to move on? Yeah. Okay. Well, Let's get to some listener feedback. Ben Mason checked in in the Facebook group. I've just been able to get to outer range, and I'm very glad I did, thanks to you guys. And, and let me just real quickly, some of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch listeners are an episode or two behind. We're recording a little bit ahead of when we're releasing. So, you know, feel free to comment on whatever episode you're watching. I, I guess you just have to be careful of spoilers, but... Uh, you guys are experienced, uh, you know, podcast listeners. You know how to avoid them. I'm very glad I did. Thanks to you guys. After the first episode, I'm with Dave. Yes, it's slow. May take a bit before things get rolling, but character development is one of the best things about TV. I rarely watch movies, but when I do, the characters seem so flat, shallow, and stereotypical. The slowly building momentum is one of the things I loved about Dark. Not long ago, I watched The Power of the Dog, and that was a slow burn, and I just loved it. So I'm here for the slow burn Western with such great acting, writing, directing. I'll also agree that Outer Range is very dark. I started this during the daytime and had to pause until the sun went down and the rest of the house went to bed. That's kind of your issue. Yeah. So I'm anxious to start episode two. Do they kill off Royal? Nobody thought they'd kill Sean Bean in Game of Thrones. 
Well, nobody well, who hadn't read if, the books. If you read the book, right. <laughs> anyway, I'm hooked. Maybe I'll catch up. But if not, don't worry about shoehorning in my irrelevant commentary. Dude, no way. Yeah, Thanks. Never. I'm enjoying watching this with you guys. All right. Great stuff, Ben. Check in again. And Ben checks in periodically, which is awesome, and participates in the Facebook group quite frequently. So, all right. Well, let's hear what Fred's got for us this week, and we'll be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Outer Range Season 1, Episode 5. I shortly want to come back to your podcast about Episode 3, and that's because I already sent in my audio feedback for Episode 4, which, of course, you have a little crazy schedule at the moment. So I just listened to Episode 3 podcast. In the episode 3 podcast, I gave feedback on the discussion between Joy and Luke, which went like this. Luke says, there never have been a Indian sheriff before. And then Joy answers, or a gay one. And I thought she was referring to perhaps Trudy Cole, who has a strange girly name anyhow, as being the gay alternative for her as an Indian sheriff. But it's about herself, and you explained it. And I completely forgot that she sometimes is seen in her own house and kisses a female partner goodbye and has a daughter there. So somehow I blocked that out. Nevertheless, I would have liked to see how in such a urban midwestern town in the election goes between an Indian and a gay candidate sheriff. Though I think it's a little bit of pity that my misunderstanding is not coming true. Okay, shortly about what am I and what you are watching. Nice Dave that you are watching a Dutch series, The Adulterer. Uh, you didn't uh, know the Dutch name, and it's called Overspel, which actually means adultery. So it's a little different in English. It's about a person, and in Dutch, the name is about the process. But I really wonder how you like to listen to the Dutch language, because I know you watch a lot of European series in their original language and quite a lot of Scandinavian or German series. Um, so where is the difference in, uh, when you listen to Dutch? Or doesn't matter, it's just ununderstandable gibberish. Like Wayne, I watched the Kenobi series. Really, really very nice. I agree fully with you, uh, Wayne. Furthermore, watching with my wife, Borgen, the Danish series, also in the original language with Dutch subtitles. And my wife and I are trying to get through the last season of Stranger Things. We watched two episodes and I think it's... I really wonder if I would continue, although I saw the first three seasons. It's really too crazy, too slow, too un understandable. The only thing I like about it is the 80s atmosphere they create. But perhaps we will go on. And I'm looking forward to watch the last episode of the first season of Strange New Worlds, the newest Star Trek series. But then that will be finished as well. And it will take a while 
until the second season will be available, although the whole second season is already fully in the can. And I have to say, I think it's one of the better Star Trek series. Not that I dislike Star Trek series, but this is quite a good one. And finally, I'm also watching the latest season of The Orville. Okay, going into episode 5 of Outer Range. Quite a dark episode, especially for Cecilia. You really see her suffer on multiple levels. Within her community, with Royal, with Red, with Perry, everything. So it's indeed a, between quotes, dark episode. I immediately saw when they walked down the Tillerson's garden that she didn't have a cake or whatever. Souffle or pie. And indeed, Patricia immediately made a remark about that. It's really a mean and tricky woman. I already thought that when she opened the casket at Trevor's funeral, just to see who in the public would react how. And that's how she found out, more or less, that it shouldn't have been Perry who killed Trevor. Autumn did her job to connect to everybody in the family, apart from the fact that it didn't succeed with Cecilia, but now she hooked up with Perry and connected to him a bit, and previously she had done that with Red, and of course she has a kind of connection to Royal. So what was in Autumn's stone? Well, Royal crushed it. I think the liquid that's in it, and perhaps also in Wayne's stone, it's just a liquid of the void. That's also why Royal gets these kinds of visions after he touched the stuff. And talking about Wayne, we see here in flashbacks that he also has quite some experience with the void. Okay, that will be all for now. Greetings, all the best. Fred from the Netherlands. All right, Fred So asks me about... Um the Dutch show that my wife and I are watching, The Adulterers. Uh, can I distinguish the Dutch language from other European? Yeah, I don't know that I can distinguish it. To me, it's a very pleasing language. I, I know people will say German is harsh. I don't really find that uh, when we watch German series. But, Fred, the one thing I do find fascinating about this show and I seem to notice it more in this Dutch show than I do in other European language shows, is that very often uh, phrases that I, I guess we might even say they're trite phrases that, that everybody uses, you know, speaking English in America, when they use it, they speak it in English. And, of course, I can't think of one off the top of my head um, – phrase like time's a motherfucker well yeah okay right but but (laughs) but even something like we're gonna have to really drill down in this uh you know this situation okay it's kind of a trite phrase in american english but here they very often use phrases like that and, and the characters are speaking uh dutch and then all of a sudden they they throw out three words of english so i find that fascinating Anyway, what else about Fred's feedback? Well, he, you know, he mentions uh, watching the Star Trek shows, and 
you know, like I, for me, like I, like I just can't take on another streaming service. I just can't justify it. The Paramount, uh, the more I look at it, and the, all the all the Star Trek content they have on there, you know, I don't know. But uh, but yeah, that's that's just something to kind of uh, touch with me. He mentions how dark it is in the episode we just mentioned. Yes, it's super super dark. You, you know, as as Ben just said, you know, like. I, it's tough to watch it during the day, like without going through and adjusting all my the settings, picture settings, so I can see what the heck is happening on there. You know, uh, Fred's theory that uh, the, the particles in the rock are the you know just the stuff of the void. I think you touched on that. I think obviously we totally agree that that that's what's inside it, as as we see here. Um, you know, when it goes into his arm, and then he's able to to you know we assume travel in time once again to see what we again assume we don't know for sure but we assume to be him witnessing his his death there so yeah but otherwise uh that's about it all right uh fred thank you uh ben thank you um i'm going a minus um you know i want to go full-on a but i'll i'll, I'll go a minus unless, yeah. unless you're going to talk me into a full-on a no okay no i i, I originally graded out as a b and then once I realized what that opening scene actually was, I gave it a B plus. Okay. So I, you know, I agree with what Ben said to a degree. For this show, I think it's just again, it's not the level of frustration yet, but it is a level of especially after the second ep- was the first the the end of the that first episode, you know, where I'm really thinking, okay, all right, here we go now. You know, now now it's starting. Now we're going to get the sci-fi stuff. Now we're going to get into it. And really, it's just been following these people around town doing pretty mundane stuff. You know, going to a concert, delivering casseroles, being your prayer group, visiting with a geologist. You know, if I told you these things would make compelling television, you would probably be like, um... Yeah, maybe not so much. Right. You know? So I, I, I still feel that that they, that it's they're not giving us enough of the good stuff, of the sci-fi stuff. Of, 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 of again, I don't necessarily need them answering my questions, but just maybe giving me a little bit more. That's why I like that scene, which I completely missed, obviously before, but which clearly is Royal climbing out of the hole. Well, that to me, that answers quite a few questions. Of course, the, the, the main question, and I love the way they bookend this episode. And, and I've mentioned this, you know, about a lot of episodes for shows that we do. I love this narrative technique, you know, because we, we see, you know, the beginning or apparently the beginning of Royals life here in Wyoming. And then in the final scene, we see what apparently is, his death and and the finality there yeah i mean i i understand that what you're saying and and certainly there's you know a, a good case to be made for that you know i guess we will see okay. um i i think for me that that opening scene what also we have to consider and we haven't really talked about is where does he come from right when does he come from right so you know, I mean, he comes out as a nine-year-old boy. That doesn't really tell us much. So, no. you know, I mean, he, you know, apparently in, in terms of, you know, 
language development, uh, you know, intellectual development. We don't we haven't heard anything that would indicate that he came from, you know, the Stone Age or whatever. Right, right. Um, so where'd you get that from? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, that's another story. Yeah, another story. So, uh, all right. Anything else before we get out of here? No, I think I'm good. All right. That will do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Outer Range. Anything going on in your genre TV world, check out the Facebook group if you haven't. Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us. We'll be back next week to talk about episode six of the Amazon Prime video series Outer Range. But until then. You know, Dave, if people don't like this episode that we just did, I just want you to know there's... There's no way I'm going to let you go down for this, okay? Okay.